Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Pastor Doug Stoffer is here to examine the claim that the church has replaced Israel. Prophecy in the News Live, our in-person conference, is coming to the Tri-Cities area in exactly one week. Friday and Saturday, March 8th and 9th, one week from today, we'll be featuring Bill Federer, Greg Patton, Dr. Kenneth Hill, Micah Van Huss, Larry Stamm, Josh Davis, Mark Lindstead, and Clayton Van Huss. The latest details on the march toward a one-world system will be revealed. Biblical mysteries will be uncovered, and you'll learn how to have true spiritual victory in the invisible war on the saints. Biblical artifacts from Israel will be on display with an archaeologist ready to answer your questions. Friday and Saturday, March 8th and 9th at Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Call 1-800-652-1144 or visit the events page at swrc.com. Tickets for this special event are free, but the seating is limited, so don't be left behind. Make sure you register today. 1-800-652-1144. Now, here's our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino, with today's guest. Dr. Douglas Stauffer is our guest. He is a pastor, a conference speaker, and an author. We're going to have a discussion on a very, very relevant, contemporary, and important topic, replacement theology. Doug, thank you so much for being our guest on the show. Boy, Larry, it's great to be uh, with you on the show. We've always had some exciting times over the last couple of decades. Boy, I'm looking forward to today. (laughs) Well, I am, too. We'll start with basics. Doug, what is replacement theology, and what is being replaced by what? Well, that's just it. Nothing's being replaced by anything because it ain't true, but you know that. But, you know, it has to do with believing that the church takes over and replaces Israel, and Israel won't come back into prominence, which is we usurp their promises, and God's basically a liar. I mean, it depends on how blunt you want to be in and all that, but it's just not true. Israel is going to come back in. They're broken off, Romans 11. We're grafted in among them, but when to bring them to jealousy, and you, you want to make somebody jealous, it's because you want them back. Guess what? God wants Israel back. Yes. Yeah, and he's working. I think even today, some good things are happening. But you know, one time I did a little experiment I found out that the word Israel never means church, nor does it ever mean anything like all the people of God, Jews, and Gentiles. Israel means Israel. It's kind of strange to me, you know, where these people get that from. Who are they? What denominations? What maybe colleges? What what universities push this kind of stuff? Well, you know, without, I guess, really getting into specifics, but, you you know, you've got, they have a certain dogma that they do. They write their own Bibles. I mean, the (laughs) ESV is a uh, Bible written by Presbyterians, and they believe in replacement theology, and that's why that version of the Bible mentions five times sovereign. When sovereign's not in the Bible, now is God sovereign? Yes. Why isn't it in the Bible by a bunch of Anglicans that you you would think they put it in? Because God knew that in, in these days we'd be fighting this battle, and he chose not to use that terminology because he doesn't want people to be confused. So if people are confused and they pick up, like the ESV, and they start reading it, 
it will have it written from the slant of replacement theology, then when you're dealing with them, it's no better than dealing with a Jehovah Witness with a New World Translation yes. that believes that Jesus is a created being because their version of the Bible slants it that way. It is dishonest, and it is wrong, and you've written whole books on it. Yes, and, and it's interesting when you speak about the ESV and you speak about sovereign, you know, I've written a book, you've heard me preach, I was down in your church, on Calvinism, and sovereign and the sovereignty of God is one of the great big clubs, I would say, that kamikaze Calvinists use to smash other people. So I think that's very interesting that, uh, that you pointed that out. Well, it's so interesting, when I read the Bible, I look at Israel, I see that Israel's in dis- disobedience, but I see that there's a covenant with Israel, even when Israel messes up, God's heart is still with them. He still remembers the covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He never forgets it. And it really mystifies me that Calvinists who speak about God's purpose, they miss it here. They need to get back to the Bible, don't they? They do. And one of the things I do want to talk about is in Ezekiel 37, the dry bones, because I think that is very apropos for our subject. I cover it in Israel's Restoration in my book, Revive regather, rebirth, repossess, and that's talking about Israel. But the New Covenant, Jeremiah 31, 31, talks about the Spirit re-entering the bones. Likely it refers to the institution of the New Covenant in Ezekiel 37. Yes. But this New Covenant's also mentioned Hebrews 8. He says in verse 8, I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah. That's future. So, I mean, to say that somehow the church replaces it, Then verse 10 says, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Hebrews, what do you do with that? I mean, yeah, throw the whole Old Testament out. Just ignore the whole thing. Israel's gone. Forget it. What do you do with Hebrews chapter 8? You can't. You can't, even, you can't even get away with ignoring the, the New Testament, let alone the Old. I know, I know. And when you speak about the dry bones, I'm thinking also of Ezekiel chapter 36. I've heard replacement theologians, Calvinists, and so forth say, well, you guys who love prophecy, um, the Old Testament is very unspiritual. It's very legalistic. It's very much focused on a land. But when you look at chapter 36 and a couple other places in the book of Ezekiel, we see conviction of sin. We see the Holy Spirit being poured out. We see God's people repenting and crying out for mercy. That doesn't sound very carnal to me, and yet it's in the Old Testament, and it's in Ezekiel. Right. Ezekiel 36, where you took us a step back, that's the rebirth of a nation in unbelief. And that's what it's all about. Ezekiel 36, 17, Son of man, when the house of Israel dwell in their own land, they defiled it. And then verse 18, God's fury. He said, for the blood they've shed on the land. Verse 19, I scattered them. Well, and I'm not going to go much further in Ezekiel 36, but I'll jump over to the New Testament because, you know, there's some listeners out there so oh, I want to see it in the New Testament. Well, Matthew 24, he's going to send his angels to gather the elect, which had been scattered from one end of heaven to the other. And if you study that whole thing out like I do in my book, you'll see... Israel was scattered, and when it says one end of heaven to the other, it just means all over the earth. That's the definition, biblically. And so he's going to regather them, 
and in the and and the church is one aspect in the millennium and eternity, and Israel is another aspect of that thing and that picture, that understanding. And for people not to grasp that is very dangerous because then you become anti-Semitic sometimes. Yeah. That's how bad it gets. Yeah. So I'm not going to say everybody that's a replacement theologian is a is a uh, anti-Semite, but I will tell you that there's it can lead that way if you're not careful. Well, you know, a lot of people, for example, they kind of belittle eschatology. They think it was not very important. And I've noticed among Southern Baptists, the more liberal left-wing pastors are amillennial, and they believe that God no longer has any place for Israel. But the more conservative pastors are premillennial. In other words, they are futurist and not preterist. And they strongly believe God has not yet done with, with uh, Israel. So we see that a person's eschatology really reveals a lot about a person's basic theological slant. And I would say that one of the really important questions that pastoral search committees are, are looking and, and should be asking is, what do you believe about Israel? What's your view about eschatology? And, and because you can tell if a person is premillennial, pre-tribulational like we are, that certainly says a lot about what that person believes of the entire Bible. They're not going to allegorize things. They're not going to spiritualize things. For them, Israel is Israel. The Lord's coming is future. It hasn't happened in AD 70. They're not preterists. So I think this is really one of the test issues for every pulpit search committee, for every pastor, for every congregation. It's extremely important. All I can say is, Larry, preach on. <laughs> you know, man, that's uh, that's good stuff. And you're right. I didn't. I'm, I never thought about making that application. But yes, those pastoral search committees need to be asking: Are you fundamentally sound in your eschatology? And if you're not, we don't need you to come in here and take over this church. And and uh, you know, with that and the Calvinism, kill our our outreach because right. you know when you think about that, the, the Calvinism part or the you know tulip. Right. God's the only died for the elect, only going to save the elect. A person does. I, I just got on city council. We talked about that earlier. Do you know when I became a city councilman? After I was elect. Do you know when somebody becomes elect? After they're elected. Nobody's born elect or unelect. And that, you know, think about it. I mean, you know, I'm preaching the choir with you, but. I mean, for that teaching that God births people in the world, gives them no choice just to send them to hell and burn forever. Right. What a damnable heresy. Oh, that's, that's awful. In, in my book, and I think when I was at your church, I, I mentioned that it really, really kills evangelism. I know a couple of people who uh, they got saved. Uh, they were very evangelistic. They even had meetings and, and you know, cookouts at their at their home on uh, like Saturday afternoon, and they had evangelistic videos and play those videos. They were doing real well. And then somebody started to, quote, evangelize them for Calvinism. And guess what happened? Forget the meetings, forget the cookouts with the, with the Christian movies. It just kills everything. And if you believe that, you'll be kind of a dead person. Doug, talk to us a little bit about the Abrahamic covenant. I think the Abrahamic covenant it keeps on popping up. You know, Abraham himself was asleep when the covenant was made, and there was a pillar of fire and so forth that went between the slain halves of the animal. So it didn't depend on Abraham. It was not Abraham's promise, Abraham's faithfulness. 
It was the faithfulness of God regarding a land and a people. And if you believe in a faithful God, and I don't see how you can deny that. It's so clear in the scripture. Then you've got to realize that the Abrahamic covenant is still at work today. Right. And, you know, the Abrahamic covenant is not so much conditional. It, it's a promise. You know, in other words, it's a promise that God's made with the nation of Israel. They were supposed to go out and evangelize. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. And even after the resurrection, you know, they stayed in Jerusalem until the persecution came. Right. Then they were scattered abroad because of the persecution. And, you know, God just is not finished with Israel. And the, and the covenant there, along with the new covenant that's going to come, proves all that. I, again, I, I was dealing, I think I want to stay back there in verse or chapter 36, but of Ezekiel, he says, you know, you profane my holy name. These are the people of the Lord and are gone forth out of the, his land. But I had pity for mine holy name. And, you know, and then in verse 22, I do not this for the, your sakes, O house of Israel, but for mine holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathen whither, whither ye went. So, you know, God's upset with Israel. God's upset with the church. I mean, Amen. you know, you look at us today. Yes. The only thing that's going to happen before he comes back is, is the apostasy. You know, the apostasy is going to come first, and the man of sin shall be revealed, which I think is three and a half years after the rapture, even though it's in the same verse. The context is there's a three and a half year gap. There's a three and a half year gap at the end when he says, I'll come back in flaming fire taking vengeance. Well, how did you get there to the, to right. the end? You know, so there, it follows from the rapture to the midpoint to the end, and all you've got to do is figure out where that is, and you can understand your Bible. And yes. that's what we do when we teach, when we write, when we, we have these books out there. But when they ignore that covenant and say that, you know, it's, it's, it's useless, it's, it's just not. It, it's really it's going to come to fruition because God's not a liar. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, we're, we're talking to uh, Dr. Douglas Stauffer, and we have two items to offer our listeners. One is an excellent book by Dr. Stauffer. It's titled, One Book Rightly Divided. If you have the wrong theology and divide the, the Bible wrongly, you're going to come up with some wrong doctrines and wrong answers. And one of them is, of course, covenant theology is a good example of that. So if you hold to a so-called one covenant of grace, you will be sprinkling little babies and calling it baptism. You will think that Revelation 20, the millennium, occurs in the church age right now. Yes, believe it. There are some people who believe that we are in the millennium. Can you believe that? Revelation 20, the millennium occurs in the church age, according to those folks. So you will want one book rightly divided, and we're also offering a one-hour DVD titled, Has the Church Replaced Israel? by Don Perkins. Our toll-free number is 1-800-652-1144. Just give us a call, 1-800-652-1144. Now, Doug, since I did mention your book, and that is an offer, One Book Rightly Divided, I think that book takes a real big, large step in the right direction. Tell us a little bit about one book, Rightly Divided, and how it helps us to see the truth about this issue of replacement theology and how evil it really is. Well, one of the subjects I cover, and there's many, I I don't know, there's 48 chapters or something like that. I mean, it's an 844-page book that covers the entire Bible. 
one of the aspects is the replacement theology, and I do delve into Ezekiel 36, Ezekiel 37, and I talk about those dry bones. And, you know, when you go through there and you, you look at what he says, and he says in verse 21 of Ezekiel 37, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whither they be gone, and will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land. Well, that's, that's future. That's when he's, it's not just right. 1948. This is a restoration of the nation. Verse 22, I will make them one nation in the land. He's going to make them one nation. In verse 23, I will save them out of all their dwelling places wherein they have sinned and will cleanse them so they shall be my people and I will be their God. David shall be their king, verse 24. They shall dwell in the land, verse 25. Verse 26, I'll make an everlasting covenant. I, the Lord, do sanctify Israel. I mean, what do you do with that? How do you, how do you just look at that and say, well, you know, you only do one of two things. God's true, he's going to do it, or he's a liar. And Amen. if you call him a liar, you need to look in the mirror and figure out how you got higher than God. You're no better, better than Lucifer saying, I'm going to be like the Most High and be higher than God. You can't do that. Israel's coming back into prominence. After the rapture of the church, all the believers are gone. God's going to turn his attention over that, that nation over there. He's going to gather them together. He's going to rebuild. The temple's going to be rebuilt. It's going to be called the temple of God. Right. So you can't say it's just Satan's temple. Right. It's going to be a legitimate temple. When Satan is cast out of heaven in uh, Daniel chapter 12 at the midpoint, because he's going to persecute the woman for three and a half years, he's going to go in the temple of God, and he's going to desecrate the temple of God, the abomination of desolation, Israel's going to flee, I believe, to Petra. Satan's going to try to drown them, and the earth's going to open up, swallow up all the water. I mean, this is, this is future history. This is eschatology. Right. And to ignore that is to not believe so much of the Bible. Yeah, and, and, you know, I've often thought for me and for you and for everybody who rightly divides the Word, the signs of the times— like the mark of the beast and all these other things, the persecution of Israel, what we're seeing now with Hamas and so forth. The signs of the times are very, very important. And I think the fact that we see these signs being fulfilled and actually happening now is a strong apologetic argument for the authority and the veracity of the Word of God. But you know, if you're a preterist, there are no signs of the times because the, the signs of the times were fulfilled in A.D. 70. I mean, this is really, you can really get lost in your foolishness. So this is extremely important. It's not just about Israel. It's about the Bible. It's about the Christian life. It's about heaven and hell. It's about where we're going. And you know what's so interesting to me? Churches, like I said before, that are left-wing and progressive and that Joe Biden really represents, I think, they believe this foolishness. So, you know, who follows this kind of doctrine? The right people? No. So there's something wrong, dramatically wrong with replacement theology, partial preterism, and full preterism. And I think, like I said before, this is a key issue, very, very important. Well, and that's why you have put in so much time in your short life. I mean, you've only been around 29 years. <laughs> that's a joke, people. <laughs> He's been around since the ark, Amen. and he knows as much as... <laughs> everybody that came off that ark, I'll tell you, he knows that 
that God requires a sacrifice, and that sacrifice is blood, and that, that nation that's going to come out of those that came off that ark is going to be what's going to populate the whole earth. I mean, listen, I'm joking on, on, on that, but I'm saying this, Larry, you have done the work that it takes to help educate people in this area and anybody that thinks that it's a, a non-issue and we all just need to get together don't realize these types of issues are what destroys and splits and splinters churches. And we need to be cautious of not allowing the wolves to come in to devour the flock. And that's what you've done all your life. You've been on the radio, you know, for, for I don't know, decades and decades and decades. <laughs> and that's what has made a difference with those that you've been able to influence. I know I learned a lot from you, especially in this area. I know how closely related and associated we are with all the, the truths that we believe right. uh, aligned with each other. And, and listen, I appreciate that. And, and people ought to look at this and say, you know what, I need, I need to support Southwest Radio Ministries, and I need to get in there and do it because you guys are getting the truth out. Amen. That's what this is all about. Well, we're so glad to have you as a frequent guest because you're on the right side. And yeah, we're getting the truth out. This all relates to another issue. That's anti-Semitism. October the 7th unleashed a flood of public anti-Semitism. The so-called intelligentsia, you know, the smart people, hate Jews. College presidents, university students are unbelievably anti-Semitic. And I'm really concerned because, you know, there's a promise that those who curse Abraham and his descendants will be cursed. And, you know, I am just flabbergasted by the Biden administration. At the very beginning, right after October the 7th, they took a a Biden. In fact, I've got a quote here right, right now. October the 18th, he said, Israel must again be a safe place for the Jewish people. And I promise you, we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that it will be. That's President Biden. And about a month later, he makes a complete about-face. He's an enemy of Israel. He wants a Palestinian state. How could that ever be? And I wonder, you know, why he doesn't take information from uh, ex-Palestinian terrorists like Mossab Hassan Youssef or Tas Sa'ada. They have a completely different narrative. They have the right narrative. But our administration, you'll never see them on MSNBC, CBS, or whatever. Those are the guys we need to be listening to. But our president and the current administration turns the deaf ear to the truth. They're more concerned about keeping the border open so they'll sink America. That, that really troubles me. And you're right about that. I mean, this whole thing is, if, if our economy has a hiccup and <laughs> we are, we've got 7 to 10 million people in here that decide that they're here for ulterior purposes— I mean, you're going to see blood in the streets, and that blood yes, yes. is is coming from Washington. The other thing is, if he's looking at that, he may say, "Well, you know, I need to do martial law. Right? We won't even have another election, so right. it can it can go pretty bad." Am I saying that's going to happen? No, I'm not. But I will tell you that when when he's when he's treating Israel the way that he's treating Israel, and he's the president, and he's so-called duly elected. You know, we stand accountable for the decisions that are coming out of Washington, so that's why we need to be engaged in our civic responsibilities and make sure that we understand what's going on and, you know, what is behind these decisions. It is nefarious. And you and I know that. That's what we need to make sure everybody else understands. Well, we don't hear on the 
drive-by media to speak about, to, to use a phrase that Rush did, but You know, the IDF has dropped flyers to give civilians instructions on when and how to evacuate, including safe quarters. I mean, the Jews have done that. Israel has used real phone calls to civilians in combat areas and pre-recorded calls, almost six billion, I'm, I'm reading from the Gatestone Institute here, to provide instructions on evacuation is also unprecedented. It's unbelievable what we've done. And yet they hate us. They're still firing. Uh, you know, the other day there was, a t- there was a traffic jam in Jerusalem. In fact, I just got back from Israel a couple of weeks before October the 7th. But in Jerusalem, there were three, I believe, three terrorists. There was a traffic jam. They got out of their cars with AK-47 and started killing people. What do we need to make us wake up? What does America need to say, Joe, goodbye, Joe, goodbye, the Democrat Party? We don't want you. You're destroying our country. But anyhow, you can tell I'm very impassioned about this. Doug, it's been a great, great program. Thank you so much uh, for being on our show. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I have enjoyed it, and uh, I'm glad you haven't lost uh, one bit of your fire because uh, <laughs> it, it's a joy to listen to you, a joy to talk with you, and a, lo- a joy to be on this uh, radio broadcast with you because it's there's just something about it. I mean, when uh, when you get two two impassioned preachers together, we we have something to say, and and, and listen, we want to be heard. Why? Because we believe what we believe, and we're biblical, and you know we're we're trying to help people. Yeah. So get some help. Listen to what Larry's going to tell you as as we close this out. Well, thank you, uh, Doug. It's been a, a great blessing. You you are always a delightful and very informed and very spiritual guest. Learn more about replacement theology with the excellent DVD entitled The Church Age in Bible Prophecy by Donald Perkins. This is a great message that effectively refutes the erroneous teaching of replacement theology. Order your copy today when you call one 800 652 1144. That's 1 800 652 1144. Or you can order on our website, swrc.com. Donald Perkins takes a fresh look at the church and Bible prophecy. He focuses on how God placed the church age in the end times. He examines the distinct differences between the church and the nation of Israel. He also proves that the church has not replaced Israel. Order the Church Age in Bible Prophecy DVD today. Simply call 1-800-652-1144. Friends, we're so glad you're here today. If you're a new listener to Watchmen on the Wall, make sure you request your new listener pack. Inside, you'll find the latest issue of our Prophetic Observer newsletter and a special gift. Request your free new listener pack when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Friends, if you have a prayer need, would you let us pray for you? We consider it an honor to pray with you. Prayer requests come in from all over the country through the mail, on the phone, and now through a special email address, prayer at swrc.com. That's prayer at swrc.com. Or you can always just give us a call. 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Lord willing, we'll be back here Monday, ready to once again bring clarity to the chaos. 
Head into the weekend with the encouragement, my friends, that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners just like you. Visit swrc.com.